Hello, everyone. It's time again for May Day. We're here. Who's we? This week, we is Justin and... Tiana. That's it. Yeah, we're, we're the we. We're the we. Sarah had a prior engagement that she could not break, so she is not here. So once again, Wednesday foils us again. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we thought it would work so well. Someday. Someday we'll all be together in the same place. Okay. So I'm going to dispense with the introductions because this episode in particular, as I am gathering from uh, the reaction online, is one that people are just ready to dive into and have lots of feelings about, which, you know, the internet is good for feelings and having them. We've been feeling our anticipation for this episode for so long. Yes. It feels like this is like kind of the boiling over of all the things that have occurred so Mm -hmm. far. I feel so... uh, Validated that some of our assumptions about Lydia's past were correct. Yes. Well, and I to be to be very clear and obvious, she's been saying this for. The uh, we part were of saying two it years. before we knew. That's true. We were saying that we were saying That's true. some of these things. But before I did see we had an article today that said, "Hey, this shouldn't be a shocker to anyone." Because <laughs> every interview she's done, she's like, "I think she was a teacher. That's yeah. what I think she did." So I don't think anybody should anybody that was paying attention outside of reading articles for the show. Um, that being said, I do not read articles for the show. I yep. just listen to Justin. Oh. Well, that, Justin tells me about the articles. He, so re- I, he reads them for me, essentially. I could tell you anything. I mean, you really could. I could just make you some really stuff up. You really could. I'm a busy lady. I do not read the things most of the time. Huh. That's so, interesting. That's very interesting. I don't know how on earth you are just realizing this. I, I don't know either. Um, okay. So let's just dive right into it. Let's do an overall, what did you think about this episode as a whole i think there was a lot of really good acting being done in the moments where there was no dialogue uh which was great to see um i really loved the man that played the principal Uh uh-huh it was great uh i really enjoyed him although sadly it looks like we probably won't see more of him Probably not. not. um it was both wonderful and slightly chilling to see Lydia being a normal human being, but also doing and saying some of the exact same things she does as an aunt in Mayday. That was a little freaky. Yeah. Um, that was more so some of the things that she does are more a part of her and less a part of the system than I had really anticipated. And that kind of affects my feelings about that character. So it's more ingrained in her than yeah, brought yeah. on by. I really I really saw some of the like overly judging and feeling that she could make better decisions than people directly involved in their own situations sure. as kind of a reaction to the situation, like good intentions just taken too far, but like right. she had taken them too far before before all this happened. Um, so that was really interesting to see. Um, and I also found this a, a super interesting episode because I am very tangentially close to like foster systems and um, how children are sometimes removed from homes and for what reasons and things like that. So I found this very interesting just to look at knowing what the systems in a couple of different states actually look like in real life practice and then to have that comparison to this episode was Did you feel it was accurate? I think it was accurate to a lot of situations, yes. Um, I mean, there were were certain things about the relationship there that were pretty unusual, but Mm -hmm. from from my slightly distance understanding, um, I have a lot of friends and family involved in the system uh, in various roles. So, 
yeah. Um, surprising, not surprising, I guess. <laughs> um, I I thought it was uh, an exciting episode because things happen. Mm-hmm. I think we've had a lack of new things and kind of exciting moments like we had in the first two seasons, right? And I think that's been a large part of what some people, not all people, mm-hmm. um, have kind of missed this season. I think it was, in the beginning, I think it was great that they dialed all that back, let the characters be the characters and do the things. Yeah. I just think it kind of got a little flat. And we talked about that last week, about yeah. them treading water a little bit on yeah. the plot lines and where we're yeah. at. There was, there was still some of that here, but oh, where sure. it was just like filling in gaps that you had kind of filled in yourself yes. already. and. Right. You're just having those gaps confirmed. <laughs> yes. I think one of the best comparisons or, you know, metaphors, I guess, I don't know, the best ways to describe it this week I saw was uh, somebody who had a lesser opinion of how it's going, but said it's still a beautiful, well-acted show. Yeah. It's just not quite on par with yeah, what it's like mid Mad Men right now, where okay. like it's still beautiful and amazing Everybody's to watch great. and everybody can appreciate all of the art and hard work that is going into this production, even if you're not super duper excited about the things happening in today's episode. Right. So let's just open this thing up. Let's see what we get. Uh, so we open with June. We got a voiceover. She's talking about Hannah's uh, Martha, who was hanged last week. Her name was Frances. She goes into a little bit of her background, talking about how she's dead and Hannah is gone because of of Matthew. And she walks by. So the opening of this scene is we are at, once again, the semi-creepiest, weirdest things that Gilead likes to do, which is this birthing process that they go through the ritual of the handmaid being there, there the creepy scale. Yeah. and the wife being in the other room, like mock... Fake birthing. Birthing, Yeah. Um, so we get to witness this again. And, and what's occurring right now is basically that uh, of Matthew is being given the cold shoulder and that June and the rest of the handmaids are pretty much going handmade mafia on her and kind of a teaming up against her. Um, they're bumping her when she's walking by. Nobody. They tell her not to talk to June like the whole nine yards. Like June yeah, is somebody like, spits in her water. At so, one yeah, point. Like it, there's a lot of things lot. happening. It's there. bad. It's bad. And she even like, I couldn't tell. It was interesting because she seemed surprised, though, which made me think like maybe this was the first opportunity in which other people had to be terrible to her. Right. It, it what was interesting to me was like the part of the opening scene is she kind of walks up to June and is about to say something. Mm-hmm. And she has this look on she, her face. She's looking yeah, apologetic like a, almost like she I felt think, a I little think, bad. I think, yeah, like she looked like she was about to extend an olive branch. Yes. In her, to her anyway, which not is, necessarily something that June would have thought was an olive branch. Correct. But which is why I thought it was interesting later on that when somebody comes up to her and says, oh, it was at the end when Lydia says, hey, tell your girls to cool it, which I thought was a great line. Yeah. Um, it's like we're talking to junior high gangs. <laughs> yeah, it's like West Side Story. Hey, yeah. Tell your girls to cool it. Um, and she says something about. She got, maybe that wasn't her. She said it. She said it to somebody. She got a, maybe it's Janine. It's when Janine comes up to her and says, you guys are being really mean. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, she got somebody hanged and she doesn't feel bad for it and has, doesn't want to apologize for it. And blah, blah. But that was not the vibe I got from her as she was walking up. So maybe I just got the wrong vibe. Like she was feeling bad because everyone was already being crappy to her. And so she was feeling a little, you know, shitty. But the fi- the look on her face was like, I'm kind of coming to you to extend an olive branch like you said mm-hmm. but that was not the vibe that june seemed to have with how she was feeling i kind of uh, yeah i kind of felt like june's response there about like she did something terrible and she doesn't even feel bad about it was right. like 
It's an, it's not like of Matthew. That's her name, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like of Matthew said this to June. This is <clears throat> June's inference of the situation based on how it turned out, right? Rather than how her the between is. the Martha being hanged and this interaction, not about anything that happened in between, just about like this is how June sees the situation, regardless of what anybody else right. is actually experiencing. That makes sense. Which uh, is kind of her mo right now right like yeah she's you know her own aunt lydia in a way she's you know she's 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 encouraging other people to do a lot of things that are not in the best interest of everybody correct and And you know further her personal cause yes and so yeah that's been a lot of what i've heard is like she i believe there's a because they do an after show kind of show on Hulu about it, and she said that, you know, June's going to break a little bad for a little while. And I think that's what we're seeing yeah, here. totally. Especially at the end, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of interesting to me, the way that all flowed. Uh, so June is, like, full-on, I call the, like, Godmother June, like, if she was, like, the godfather of all the handmaids. Yeah, oh, there were so many godfather nods in this episode. Right? So many. Yeah. It was great. Um, so, I mean, there's even one point, like, something falls to the ground, and they blame it on, of Matthew, whether yeah. she was even the she one She wasn't even close enough to do it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they're all just piling on, right? They just, yeah. uh, and deservedly so for what she did and you know, the way they, you think it's deserving. I mean, that part of it is deserving. I will say, you know, it, you can be, I'm ang- just, I'm you just can being be, devil's advocate. You can here, be like- angry at her for how she handled that. If I was yeah. in that group of women being treated the way they are treated on a daily basis mm-hmm. and she did what she did for a time period, mm-hmm. I would probably feel the same way. I, don't, I think you can feel the same way without actually being a horrible person to somebody. That's true. Um, she's like socially punishing her and yes, messing with her she's psychologically. Doing all the same things that to are being somebody done who to is them. already being psychologically tortured, just like yeah. everybody else there. Yes. So you know, there's shades. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that I think a lot of people would swing that way. Yeah, I think, and that's especially true. if you're in a hive mentality with the yeah. rest of the handmaids. Who oh are just, yeah, you know, mob group think is strong. Yes, as we see. <laughs> That's how we get yeah. this country. Um, so there's a couple great things down here. Uh, Aunt Lydia, when it's clear that the one handmaid who's in labor is not going to have the baby, says back to the birth mobile, which I did not know that's what they really called it. And I don't think we've heard that referred to it. I think maybe in the book June refers yeah, to it I as that. I feel like they called it that in the book. I didn't know if Aunt Lydia actually called uh, it that in the book or not. I, you know, I'm not really sure. I don't remember. I don't I don't have a great memory for like who actually said things. Um, also, in that moment, uh-huh. how does nobody panic when her contractions suddenly stop? I'm sorry. That's not normal for her to be in that stage of labor and then suddenly contractions stop. Okay. I'm going to be the dude here. I'm going to go typical dude and say I was not aware that that was a cause for alarm. Uh, I feel like when you're doing a home birth with literally no medical equipment whatsoever and no heart rate monitoring for the mother or the baby, you're not monitoring blood pressure. You, I mean, really, there's like nothing right. happening. Right. Uh, anytime something like that happens, it would be cause for alarm. And, and no like, one. Maybe not. If you had evidence that her blood pressure was fine and everybody's heart rate was doing OK, sure. Then less of a panic. But when you don't know any of those things, how yep. was nobody like, uh, maybe we should feel around a little bit? And we'll get to a little know, bit more of that. See what's later happening. Because that is not always, not that I'm not familiar with the process, but it's been a long time. Right. Um, 
So there were Same. some things in reactions to that scene that people said online that I'll get to. When okay, the, I don't know about any of, of this. Um, just for our audience, so th- that made sense to me once those once they explained it, once I thought okay. about it a little more. Um, so this is the part after that where she's like, "Everybody back in the birthmobile," and Lydia and June yeah. have their moment where Lydia is like, "Hey, have your girls cool it." <laughs> Like it's the 1950s, yeah. and it's like Greece. It, it was very like, Greece. Was That's very totally Greece. what I thought of in the moment. Yes. Yeah. And so June talks a little. Like smack. the pink ladies are getting a little out of control. <laughs> right. That's how it sounded. Um, but very uh, apropos for Lydia being like, you know, it's probably of her time when you know. Probably, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so June talks a little smack back, which at this point should surprise no one. Um, and I've stopped at this point being shocked that June continues to test Aunt Lydia's like limits of what she can do to punish June. Because I just don't think she cares. Clearly, she doesn't care. Yeah, oh, and she makes a comment about, you know, it, that clearly shows that she feels a little more uh, entitled to be able to do those things because they might need her on camera because they are using her baby as bait. Yes. So, um, so she, like, but my, my immediate thought about that was like, what about everything under your clothes? Right. <laughs> like, there's... You're not safe. No. There's need a you lot of harm the, that can they happen. They need you from the neck up. Really. I mean, really nose up, as right. they've demonstrated with the creepy cowl thing. Right. Uh, so next scene is Red Center. Now, this is a very interesting scene because this is something we haven't seen before, which is... Uh, oh, no. This is something. I'm sorry. It I'm is thinking something. Of the, I'm had. thinking of the later yeah. scene with Aunt Lydia and the other ants. This scene is where they're doing the uh, circle of shame, I guess yeah, we're going to call yeah, it Yeah, like was, well, it was used to such great effect with um, Janine, Janine in yes. season one. Yep. Um, so Lydia is basically going through all the you know ways that she has wronged Agnes, as she's calling her, Tana, um, by killing the Martha that cared for her, and now she doesn't have yeah. anybody, and she's been relocated, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the McKenzie's were forced to go wherever they went, and so Lydia is just like laying it on June. And June's feeling it all. Well, before that, she was not feeling anything. She was just like, let's get this shit done. We all know how the show goes. And then Lydia kind of goes in for the kill with, but think about Agnes, a.k.a. Hannah. Lydia knows how to lay it on. Yeah, well, and yeah, and Lydia is uh, privy to all of the Agnes is Hannah is her first child situation. Well, and as with any person that is in charge of a large number of people and wants to manipulate them, she... Will know how to manipulate them. Yeah, and she is very good at that. She knows like what your weaknesses are and what your points of sensitivity are, and that's obviously Hannah for June. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so she thinks that there, she there is really no greater guilt than parental guilt. <laughs> that, totally true. Um, so June raises her hand, which is interesting after they get done with this. Um, but before that, Lydia has a great quote: "It is a wicked, selfish fool who chooses another wicked, selfish fool as her example." Never, never without a good quote is Lydia. It's true. Uh, June raises her hand, says, I have something else to testify. <laughs> At this point, you're like, oh, At this no. point, she's like the kid that raises her hand, w- asks the question that gets the class extra homework. Uh-huh. Right? Like, yep. Yep. She's. You forgot to assign homework. Do we have homework tonight? Yeah. <gasps> Damn it, Hermione. So what does June have to say? Uh, she basically says, of Matthew doesn't want her baby. <laughs> And she says it in like this. The one confidence that of Matthew ever implied. Yes. Ever. She's been so guarded. This was the only thing she ever implied was like a sensitive thing for her. And boy, does she use it. She does. Uh, So, yeah, she says of Matthew doesn't want her baby. And she says it in such a way as like Aunt Lydia of Matthew doesn't want her baby. Like she's like totally making it as dramatic as she can. And I did like that uh, Matthew just let out this reflexive 
oh shit, <laughs> like, yeah. right away. That was pretty great. Um, so she says it's not also true. very human of her. Oh, totally <laughs> right? right, and it's one of those moments where you're like, you just can't even stop yourself because you're right. like, oh shit, what is gonna happen to me? Uh, so then they do a little switcheroo, and of Matthew gets to go into the yeah. circle of shame. How did you feel about Lydia's? Uh, almost like excitement about having them switch <laughs> and like now it's your turn well, I mean she's... because from Lydia's perspective oh Matthew did the right thing true that is also true um yeah I don't know Lydia seems to really enjoy this part of yeah the process gross yeah for whatever reason I don't know if it's truly a vindictive thing or if she truly in her heart thinks that it's changing and helping Maybe for some she thinks it is. I know for June she really is just like, I think, screw June. Um, So, of Matthew pretty much loses it and is just like, yeah, I mean, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's, yeah, it's torturous. She talks about worrying about the baby's life because she feels like it was going to be a girl this time. Uh, Lydia says she's a sinner and and the handmaid's just like, they totally lay it on voluntarily, mind you. Well, and, and it's a really important nugget of information that uh, Matthew drops there. She had that thought that she didn't want to have the baby because she felt like it would be a girl and she worried about the kind of life she would have the exact same situation for which June is trying to save both of her children and of Matthew is stymieing her left and right. The exact same thing. That was really interesting that that was the bit of information that we get about of Matthew's internal thinking. Which is interesting just to the way everything ends up and the way she's chosen to handle all the information about June. Mm -hmm. And I don't know because Lydia told her to tell her if something happened, like if she just felt like she didn't have a choice, but she, and all of her actions seems to like have this pious, for lack of a better right. word, because they use it a lot, attitude about all of it. And so she doesn't really necessarily, not that I think she deserves all the treatment she gets in this episode, she doesn't necessarily do herself any favors by anyone in the group. Oh, no. At all. Not at all. Yeah. But I also don't know, as we've talked about before, like all of the handmaids in that situation. Although I think at this point, they seem to have a camaraderie. And so they know who to trust. Yeah, for I feel whatever reason, it seems like like all the handmaids in this district know each other now. Yeah, and for whatever reason, she seems to be on the outside of that and feeling yeah. that. Yet for whatever reason, I don't know. The other, uh, most of the rest of them, at least the ones that we come into contact with as viewers, seem to have a knowing of who is trustworthy and what they can talk about and how. And she seems to be the outlier on that of yeah. that circle. So yeah, it's just, like she's new to school or something. Right, exactly. Yeah. So for whatever reason that is, I, I'm not sure. But first, next, it's time. For Lydia flashback. Uh, not before Lydia says, don't be a crybaby, which I think is just like. That was so weird to man. me. Like, wow, that's highly petty, but also like clearly super effective. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like on um, The Good Place. I know we all watch The Good Place. Oh, yes. everybody, by all, I mean, everybody. If, if you on haven't the show. watched The Good Place, go watch it right now. It's fantastic. And because it's on network television, there's only so much they can say as far as the insults go. So the people it's from true. The Bad Place use like first grade insults like this, like crybaby. Yeah, because in people, the in The Good Place, you can't curse right. or anything. You exactly. can't You can't sound like, you know, an angry adult. Right. Um, so they call people so dumb, that, dumb. You know, people say fork yep. all the time. And 
yeah, yeah they call people dumb dumbs and stuff great. like that and so it's still like you can feel that it's pretty great like there's some part of you that, like watching that is like oh it hurts when you get called a dumb dumb you don't want to get called a dumb dumb <laughs> it's almost worse than being called an asshole because you're like at least that's like mean and vindictive and, like right it, something it about roll dumb, off dumb, you a little bit like really cuts to your like it's more personal, inner child think, soul right? right yeah it just like <laughs> slices you so on to the lydia flashback which has been much anticipated by all of the people everywhere who watch this show because she is such an awesome character, and and uh, Anne Dowd is incredible, fantastic. And it was in- so in- like almost jarring, even though I knew it was coming. It right. was so almost jarring to see her look like Anne Dowd. Yes, <laughs> I was. I was like, like, oh, I know that lady. Yeah. Yep. To see her just look like a normal person. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, as we said, Lydia is a teacher, as we are introduced to in the scene, which is all very interesting. Of which, Sarah, of all the episodes that Sarah can't be here for, uh, the one about the teacher. Yeah. Uh, so she's, we just come into the scene with her and another, and a kid, uh, sitting on the floor and they're playing 20 questions. And you can tell it's late at night cause they kind of come from this outside into mm-hmm. the room shot. Um, and the principal walks in and she's telling him, you know, I left the mom for a voicemail. She's not returning the call going into the two, two voicemails. I, I think she, I, I thought she said she left the, a second one or oh. something. No, I thought she said, oh, that was more I might two. be imagining that. I don't actually keep count of these things. And she also talks about how uh, she only packed him a bag of chips for lunch and just yeah. kind of doing this litany of terrible things. A little more information than probably the principal needed of. Well, when it wasn't, is this kid it wasn't even up? really like, I mean, I mean, leaving your kid at school until like late in the evening past dinner time. Yes, yes. that's bad. Like, don't do that. Teachers have lives. But well, yeah. And, you know, your kids <laughs> also that. Um, but, like, there are a lot of parents who can't send a good lunch with their kid to school. You sure. know, like, I feel like even at that point, Aunt Lydia is, well, just Lydia at that point. She is not an aunt yet. Um, <laughs> she's starting to, like, build a case for future action mm-hmm. with straw, basically, sure. until she gets, like, more weighty things. Right. And she, you know, it's it's very, like, I don't know, they're, they're little non things i mean send a bag of potato chips to mm-hmm. the kid for lunch is not good. right it's but, not good but also like it doesn't mean you need to have your kid taken away correct uh so a couple things we learn in this situation is that her last name is clemens we get a last name to put with lydia um so then the mom shows up very apologetic um and i was thankful that they did not make the mom like some kind of like drug-addled alcoholic I mess. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was really worried about that when you see the son and yeah. her there and they're talking about like things that she, she is judging the mom for. I was like, oh no, please don't be a trope. Yes, no, and she she did not she did not do too many tropey things. Yeah, at least no. for my trope. No, reality. not really. Um, she was a single mom, younger, you know, and you find out later that she's working this shitty waitressing job, essentially is what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, and got Held, held back at work at because she got got her ass pinched by a guy and she decided to jump dump his Long Island iced tea on him. So her boss frowns upon that, apparently. Rightly so. I mean, I would have done the same thing. As Probably not dumped in his lap, more like in the face where it'll burn a little. I don't know. The lap is pretty effective, though. Really? Because then it'll you gotta, get to the lap eventually. You gotta walk you around like face. that. <laughs> That's true. You know? Only, Looking like you just pissed You your can't pants. not see that and it doesn't dry quickly. <laughs> That's so, true. You know, you can wipe stuff off your head. You That's can't true. wipe stuff off your crotch and have it a very, very effective method. Uh, the mom is very apologetic. She seems not drug addled or alcoholic, nope, which is a bonus. Just, you know, just a normal, too harassed. busy for life mom. Um, and so Lydia has invited, was basically told her principal that she was going to take the kid home with her to have dinner. Um, and so invites the mom to come have dinner with her and they're going to eat chili. 
because apparently Lydia's chili is fantastic from what the principal says. So, a very interesting introduction to Lydia. So at that point, we still see uh, a very like low-level base of judgment, judgmental Lydia with, you know, some of the things that we've come to know yeah. her for. Yeah, some things just a little judged a little more harshly than maybe they needed to be. Um, I think anybody would be judging a sure. little bit in that situation. And we also know this is not the first time, as she said. So it's one of those things that is yeah. it's a chronic thing. Um, so that colors it a little differently when you're in that situation. Um, so now we go to Lydia and the mom and the kid having dinner. And the mom is basically telling her all about the job. Yeah, and she got into that real fast. Yeah. Like, well, and we kind of jump in the middle of it, so we don't know what well, else they were it's, talking it's about. It's the but same night. Yeah, it's, like, oh, it's the I same mean, that, night. Yeah, that was, that's a lot of information to give to your child's teacher. Yes. And, <laughs> and she's just kind of like verbally just laying it all out there. Yeah. And she curses in front of her and calls the guy an asshole. And Lydia's yeah, like looking with at her the kid son and, like right there. Yeah, and she was, Lydia's not a big fan of that i yeah you definitely get the impression that lydia is not generally somebody who curses in life period no and those are the people you gotta let watch alone out in for. front of children <laughs> the people who don't curse they are they are those are the ones uh i think they just need to let it out for sure um not that it no, this doesn't make me seem totally nerdy so everybody loves raymond sitcom that was on forever oh yeah right will... it's the one that was like always had good ratings but no one would ever say they watched it that's you never knew anybody that actually watched it so there was a great great episode of this where ray's parents who are totally like ridiculous went over to i think it was like the brother's girlfriend's parents and they're very uptight religious people and uh... they would use heck and freaking all the time and they like his dad finally loses it and he's like he knows you mean hell <laughs> like, like you're fooling god by using all these like substitute words it was hilarious that's kind of great uh, so lydia and the mom having dinner she's you know telling her and she she only curses like once but lydia's like very off put oh no she it. does it again right oh, she away does twice you're right yeah, like yeah. right away and so lydia asks you know if, if this happened at your job why don't you get another job quote i thought this was an interesting way to say this where there's not where you're not around guys like that and that's when she curses the second time. No, 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 no. The mom says, interrupts and kind of finishes the oh, sentence, like, right. where I'm not around guys like that. And Lydia says, well, I was going to say where you're not around men. Right. And so I thought that was a very interesting way for her to put that because it's there's a couple of things in this conversation alone that kind of allude to past experiences not being great mm -hmm. with men. Mm -hmm. um, and so we find out that the mom's name is Noel. Uh, and <laughs> I... I did make a note here that when Lydia says it should, the mom says that around guys like that, assholes. And Lydia says not around men. And I said, I contend that that job does not exist. I don't know where you could have that job where you are not around either men or asshole men or men who will do stupid shit. If you are, if you are like a work from home writer, there maybe. you go. Like if you just work alone. Yes. Need like Achievable. A, yes. You can do tech support from your, from your house. No, no. You can't no, talk, to you people. talk to other people. Oh man. Man, you're really, yeah, that is yeah, really it. Yeah, it's very limiting, right? Wow. Um, so, Noelle asks Lydia if she has a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Now, that is interesting because Lydia gets this look on her face like, how dare you say girlfriend? But she doesn't I like... I didn't think she had that kind of look on oh, her face. She I think she had a look like, oh, that's an option you thought might be up on the table. I, I took like, it... Like, just surprised. And maybe it's just I because thought. I'm thinking of future Lydia that right. I'm thinking that she was like, why the hell would you even say girlfriend? I mean, I would. I I'm not doubting. Also, if I should or when would. also before or around this time in the conversation, Aunt Lydia says like I was married at right, one point. She doesn't say I had a husband. Right. She says she says I was married. She says 
she so she asked if she had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and then Lydia says she was married, but quote he was a mistake, not it, not That's the marriage. True. She said he was true. a mistake, um, and then the kid Rando guesses that he was Thomas Edison from the twenty questions oh, game yeah. before, which was and he was great. right he apparently was right. he was right, um, and so Lydia and Noel are kind of having this moment where Lydia is trying to help kind of prop her up, and she's the mom is saying, you know, I know he deserves better, and she's like, you could be better. And try, you know, which is like a positive, like uplifting sort thing, of, but right? it's like mother in law oh, yeah, positive. Like yeah. you could be better means that you are not great right now, but it's not beat your feet. True. I mean, I know true. there's a lot of uh, it's like, true. I'm just I just want to point out like true. that is not oh, an entirely positive thing to say. Aggressive. Absolutely. Yeah. And I get that there's a lot of ground to cover between you can be good and beating the feet. Yeah. And handmade time. Yeah. There's a lot. So now we cut back. Uh to the Red Center. And Lydia is uh, dismissing the handmaids in a seemingly random order. I did not understand what the order I was. she was just like going down the line. I couldn't tell. It seemed like it was random. Like they were oh, not I in order. I thought they were just, you know, she was going like across and back and across and back. And she decides to, she goes out of her way to thank June for telling her about of Matthew. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was very strange. And that's it. That's really like all that's in that. Most of their interactions are weird though. It's very strange. Uh, now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Commander Joey and June. June asks about the McKenzie's right when she walks in the door. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know where she is. I don't know anybody that knows where she is. Don't ask me about it again. <laughs> so he was pretty like. I feel like that's the best answer she could have gotten at that point, though, out of him. I mean, he was. He was. Pissed. He was not happy. Can you imagine what hit? Like, if you're if you're him and you he requested her. I know, right? And all of these things are happening. I don't know what he thought it was going to be like, I, so, but I bet this wasn't it. Fred's looking at him like, see? Uh, <laughs> and so then June goes to the top of the stairs and like paces and kind of stews in her juices, more or less. Um, and then we get this really cool shot of her hanging her head off the edge of the bed with all of her hair hanging down mm-hmm. in her face. I thought that was really cool. Um, and she's, I don't even know what she's doing. She's just like... She's just like killing time, yeah, I guess. Just I, there. She's like, I can't sleep. I'm just going to sit here right. and ruminate for a while. Uh, but then they find out the birthmobile is waiting downstairs because <laughs> apparently that's the proper name. Back on. So she goes, and that I don't know. I thought that was just a very interesting scene. Um, with, also, that was the first time like I really paid attention. Maybe we've seen her room there before, but like oh. that was an unusually nice room for a handmaid. I feel. Yeah, I feel like everything in that house is an unusual like period. For whatever it's supposed to be, because like, you know, I, I mean, a- but like that that room looks thought out, and like <laughs> it has more than just a bed and a lamp. You know, well, you like it's to, who's responsible for that? Him or his wife? I don't know. His wife isn't super together. It's true, but she does seem to have the a little, household probably. A it's probably more the, like the household staff. That, that could that could be, and maybe there just isn't a choice. Maybe it's just a nice room to begin with, and it's just where she's it's at. True. Maybe it's by default. Maybe it was like nobody's like yeah. choosing. Um, In the Waterfords, it almost felt like, though, that they went out of their way to make that room shitty. That's true. But they also had the whole uh, handmade before Fred situation or before June. That's true. That hung herself that from hung the herself. ceiling. And so, yeah. you know, Serena was already not super fan of the handmade situation. Yeah. Uh, so back to the weirdo birth ritual. And the baby comes out. They have the baby, but the baby is still born. Now, here is what I, here's the thing I put. For the first time ever, I think, 
I put an actual like trigger warning on our Facebook page so that people would know. So yeah, and you and Justin texted the rest of us who are who are involved in this show, and I'm so glad to have had that heads up. Normally, I don't need the trigger warning for right. things, but and not not because I personally experienced this or anything. Not having personally experienced it, it still would have been really hard for me. Sure. So I can only imagine how it might affect somebody with a much closer experience with the situation. Yeah. Um, so that was like the first time in my life I was ever like really relieved to have had a trigger warning. Well, it was it's one of those things that like as we've done this show specifically that I've gotten more aware of um, because as a dude, there are certain things that I personally as just Justin mm-hmm. don't like to see. So I'm happy to know that they're coming. Um, but as a think as a guy, there's not too many things where you're like. There, are, there because- are not very many things that might actually happen to you. Correct. Yeah. And so and we've talked about that before. Um, and so to me, this was one of those things where I was like, okay, I got to at least throw this out there specifically for you guys. But then, yep, you know, it. and I was kind of, I, I couldn't post anything until late last night just because of the embargo on the review of the show. And I didn't right. want to give anything away and get Hulu mad at me. Um, and so I posted that and there were lots of people that were like, thank you <laughs> for like, you yeah, know, um, somebody, I, somebody else we know, Angie, who has done, you know, last season did a few shows with us. Uh, she did not know. And she didn't see oh, the page. And she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. She's, I was like, I put a trigger warning on the page, you know, and I covered, you know, the, the stillborn baby. I covered uh, yeah. Matthew getting shot and the um, kid being taken away from the mom. Just because I thought those were the three big things yep. that if people have experienced them or have a natural like. Yeah. Like, I feel like somebody being shot on this show isn't much of a shock, but yeah. the somebody being taken away from their uh, some child being taken away from their parents in the world before Gilead is yes. pretty different than it happening in Gilead exactly. because it's so much more real. Yes. And those those exact kind of situations happen right now, yeah. whereas Gilead is, you know, taken to the extreme. Yeah. But yeah, stillborn birth, totally different story. Now, here's an interesting thing that I did not know or think about again because it's been a while and I have a limited knowledge of these things in spite of having a child. Um, so the baby is stillborn. And when it comes out, this is just what I was inferring is that I don't know what they said this or not, but the cord was looked like the cord was was wrapped wrapped around around its neck. neck. Yeah. So there were several people that posted on our Facebook page right away after they watched it that were like, that's not a thing that should kill a baby. It can, but with modern medicine, like we can intervene. Right. Yeah. Which is part of why I was like, why didn't anybody check? Right. Which is another, when she stopped having contractions. Right. Which is another interesting thing about, how they manage these sorts of things in Gilead, right? So at the beginning, we know because we see June go to the doctor where she's checked with modern equipment to make sure that the baby is fine because we know Fred looked at it and, right. you know, and they were looking at it on a sonogram. Also, like if they have modern equipment, why don't they take that to wherever a baby is being born? That if you have it, come don't on. don't understand unless it is just... If babies are that hard to come by in this world yeah, it doesn't make much you would sense. think that they would be sparing no expense in trying to save every baby's life especially knowing that so many babies are born with something wrong right and the only thing i can think of just thinking like live right now is that maybe because what they're doing when the woman is pregnant is just kind of monitoring the situation saying here is the baby whether that would cause them to intervene if there was something wrong or not i don't know and maybe it's just because they're like oh you can see your baby it's nice for the commander and the wife to be able to look yeah. at it. The doctor can monitor to make sure everything's okay physically mm-hmm. with the handmaid, which I think would be more of a concern than it is about the actual baby. Because um, I don't know. Would they, if there was something in utero wrong with the child, 
would they intervene or would they say that's the will of God like Fred did with Nicole or not Nicole with uh, Charlotte? Right. But I think like there's a difference between like a baby who was born severely deformed or like missing a vital organ and a baby who, you know, during birth. Sure turns around and get the gets the cord wrapped around their neck. Like, right. That's very different. But do they see it as the same? Do they see it as the will of God was for this child and not to be born? I think the fact that they do intervene in some situations says it's not the same to them. But we've only seen them intervene in the one situation, which was Charlotte. And that she was already born. That's true. So, like... I don't know. I, 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 that's it, not really the only time. I mean, they were... After June, wasn't June back at the doctor's office after she had been caught trying to get away? No, that's when she escapes. Oh. That's the second time. That's the second time she's at the doctor. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, because that's where they take her. Yeah, I guess we haven't seen them intervene in any other serious situations. Yeah, like so that. I don't, I just don't know. Again, it's one of those like inner workings of Gilead things, yeah. po- policies and yeah, procedures yeah. that we need a hand, uh, like a handbook a for. Handbook, yeah. That's like, what do they actually do medically? For the baby. Yeah, what are the rules? Between, Where, What are know, the things that will get you medical attention? Between conception and birth, huh. right? It seems to be the opposite of here, where it's like, once they're out, that's we're all about it. We'll true. do whatever we can do to save them, because that's what they did for Charlotte, whereas now they're more concerned with making yeah, sure Yeah, well, yeah, now people. they're more concerned with making sure your plumbing is always open. Correct. <laughs> that's exactly how I would have phrased it. Um, so I thought this was... Not overly done and too ridiculously like, oh, my God, we have a dead baby. Like, I thought they handled it for what it was fairly well. Yeah. I was I was surprised at how much they showed of it. I was, um, too. When when June goes back to the bassinet to look, I yeah. was like, this is verging on gratuitous. Yes, I agreed. I felt like that could have been a little shorter. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I, not I, just because I didn't want to see it, but because, like, it wasn't even clear what June was doing over there. Like, right. there's no clear reason for her to be fascinated with this. Right. And to me, you've already seen it, so you know what she sees. Yeah. So I don't know that we need to see it again. Yeah. Unless, I mean. There's other ways to show her facial reaction, which I think was the point of that shot. Yeah, you didn't have to see the baby again didn't to see to. that. So that also, as soon as I saw that shot, I was like, "Oh, I really feel for the uh, uh, set directors who had to make that prop, right? Because damn, right? Yeah, that's depressing that's, as shit. That's not a fun job. No." Um, so at this point in the birthing process, this is when the wife is behind the handmaid and the handmaid is in front. And so the wife like loses it as you yeah. would, if that's where your mindset is. And now what I did not pay attention to because I was completely watching the wife lose her mind is what the reaction to the, what the handmaid was as the baby. She found out she just baby. kind of slowly, okay. like went into shock okay. right away. Because I know they did the big handmade group hug. I mean, you didn't see much other reaction from her, but it was clearly like shock, not like she did not care. Yeah. Uh, I just, it was one of those things, somebody pointed it out today and I didn't have a chance to rewatch it, just saying, look at the reaction of the handmaid versus the wife when you when it happens. And yeah, I, the wife is frantic. Yes. And very like outward, Oh yeah, outwardly um, like, emotive. Yes, she's but like the, trying to But the handmaid is kind of the opposite, yeah. yeah. Um, so June goes back to look at the baby and we're kind of confused as to why that is, but she does say later what 
not why she did it, but what she was feeling in that moment, which I, which I, which I thought was interesting. At least it Remind was good. Remind me, what did she say? I don't, I don't. She really said that because she says later on, I couldn't de- describe quite what I was feeling in that moment, but now I know what it is, and it was relief. Ba- yeah. Basically, that because the baby was a girl, girl, and she yeah. died, she's better off. Yeah, essentially. Um, so that's literally literally the beginning of the next scene. And she, uh, once again, is talking to Commander Joey, um, asks about the baby because Mrs. Lawrence, he he comes in to ask her what the baby was because Mrs. Lawrence will want to know. And she says that it died. Yeah. And he says, well, we don't need to tell her that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, I agree. (laughs) Yes. And he uh, asks if she can spend time with her tomorrow because she's good with her, quote unquote, which is interesting. So now they've got this like. Yeah, it's quite a quite a turnaround from him mm-hmm. to come to this conclusion. I don't think he's entirely wrong. Not I think all. June is able to elicit lucidity from her, which sure. is, of course, a positive thing for everybody else. Um, I, I don't know that I would say it's positive for her, um, yeah. but uh, her being the Mrs. Lawrence or yes, June? Okay. yes. I don't know that it's really great for Mrs. Lawrence to sometimes be with it and then suddenly not. That's fair, I think. Um, well, given how things went in the last episode. Well, even beyond that, like I, uh, like I wouldn't go to my grandmother who has Alzheimer's and remind her that she has Alzheimer's. Good call. You know, I mean, yeah, like sometimes it's better to just like roll with the conversation as it comes and have an enjoyable visit, and you know, and not, then not, she's had a good day. Not pretend like it's not real. Yes. As opposed to what they've been. Yes. Gotcha. But um, I, I definitely see why Commander Lawrence would appreciate sometimes her being. For sure. Herself again. I, uh, in that situation, if I were in his shoes. And yeah, you you're think, lonely, right? You yeah. miss your spouse. And you think there's like a sliver of something that could maybe bring her back from that? Yeah. Then I, I, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Everything else is absolutely. horrible in that place. I, yeah, totally get his perspective. Um, so June then decides to pull out the June card and make the worst of a bad situation. And so it gives him this whole monologue about you act like you care about your wife. You do realize... That this world you built here is destroying her, and that one phone call you could have her out, but you you are the one keeping her hostage. You're not protecting her; you're killing her. <laughs> yeah. And he just stands there and looks at her. And I do, I appreciate this from an acting and writing standpoint. That I love that he never gives her any satisfaction for anything that she ever says to him, because he knows that she is the type of person that feeds off of the reaction and the you know. That totally fuels her. Yeah, that's her. why she's always needling Aunt Lydia. And that she is constantly trying to get, clearly trying to get a rise out of him. And so his reaction to this is, I bet that felt good. And he walks yeah. out of the room. <laughs> I had a moment where, and I've thought a lot about, like, what, what what was Commander Lawrence doing before this? Like, what was his actual day like right. before? Um, we know he wrote books, right? Yep. You know, so he's some sort of writer, writer or academic. Yeah. And I've decided this episode, I really think he was either, sorry, mom, I think he was either a psychology professor or a sociology professor, because he has this kind of like, uh, similar to Aunt Lydia, this like, I know better than you mm-hmm. um, kind of air about him sure. and the way he deals with other people generally. But also, he gets people super fast. Oh, yeah. And in a way that is, allows him to both like command a situation but also, like, allows him to be manipulative or, you know, 
Oh yeah, he can he can use that however he wants to. Yeah, whether that's to befriend yeah. you and, and he picks it up so fast. Like that's not most people. Sure. Um. Yeah. So that's my my current theory about the sociology. Lawrence. One's interesting. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he does have quite the grasp on like so society in general, mm-hmm. and that's and one like of the things, what does the group need, right? And what does everybody need, and what makes a group mm-hmm. a good society in his eyes, which is interesting. But yeah, I just love from a acting standpoint and a character standpoint that his his mo is to not put fuel on the fire that she's trying yeah, to throw at, like him. not give an inch, not at all. And I think that drives her crazier than she's already going. <laughs> Um, because I think for her, it's like an outlet to get out her anger because he'll take it and won't like hurt her, you know, yeah. physically. Yeah, true. And also she really does want to try and she's the opposite. She's trying to figure him out and she hasn't quite, neither have we. Right. And so I think that drives her crazy. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, think, she's, I think like, she's not used to being in that situation. Yes, exactly. She's used to being able to push everybody in the water, Waterford household, push their buttons yeah. and either make things happen or, you know, lead somebody down a path. She's used but to being it's, it's she's the used opposite to being of him. that now. She's used to being yeah. him. She's used to being wearing his shoes. Yeah, exactly. That's a good metaphor. And treating the people that, metaphor. like the way that he's treating her. Yeah. And so she's kind of getting, she's getting the classic June She's the treatment. Fred now yeah. in this situation. Absolutely. She's Absolutely. all reaction. Yep. She's all reaction. She's all emotion. She has no idea what's going to work yeah. and what doesn't. All her plans are stupid. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's so funny to see now that, like, all of the reactions of people are like, oh, my God, how many people have to die or get hurt because of her? <laughs> or someone is like, stop it. Just stop it. Like, and other people are like rightfully saying, like, fuck that. I would like do as much crazy shit as I had to do to figure out how the hell to get out of there. Because what else are you going to do? You're going to sit there and like, but take it's, it, it's, but a, it's a Sophie's choice. Like, do you I, do all the crazy shit and maybe wind up dead yourself and thus not able to help your child sure. or anybody else? Or do you play the more reserved game and try to go along to get along, but still on the resistance side so that you can help your child, other women. Well, right now, June is not playing the go along to get along. No, game. she's definitely not. Um, so next scene, this is the interesting scene for several reasons, because this does get into policies and procedures of Gilead, which you have not seen before, which I, which I dig. This is the yeah, stuff this that was I think really people interesting. like. And so this is Aunt Lydia with the other two aunts that, are in the red center and they are kind of uh this is the first time we've seen this kind of assigning the handmaids and the families kind of matching them up and i love the use of the lazy susan on the I table because great. a a lazy susan is one of my favorite table features of all time i think it's fantastic <laughs> this felt very much like they were in like a rectory or something oh totally like, they were like passing around like, they're like passing around the wine or whatever they were drinking yeah, which they, was interesting yeah I, that really shocked yeah, me at yeah. that point i was like wait a minute that is definitely wine it yep. was probably port yeah <laughs> it was very casual was you know very, they were they were like, just hanging out it was like all the girls hang, Gilead, you know, it all the ladies just so laid eat. back yeah like was, there were there were no men there supervising this exchange nope, nope. And, and so that's a lot of power to wield over the commanders yeah I think. for sure um and so we get a few interesting things here so basically they're signing the handmaids to the commanders and the wives and the first one that they come up with is this older couple that you can tell you can't really see them because the picture's upside down but you can tell that it's an older couple mm-hmm. um, older white couple yes that's important um, and they say that they need a quiet they're quick to anger so they need a quiet handmaid and so they spin around the <laughs> lazy Susan and present one who is a woman of color 
And they yeah, and Lydia, some other handmaid or uh, some other aunt thinks that this one would be good because right. she has a right temperament. Correct. And Lydia says, "Oh, they don't want very casually too, you know, uh, matter of factly more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they don't want a handmaid of color, um, which is kind of a not a toss off line because it's a very important line for this show as a whole. Yeah. Um, but just the way it's in the conversation, you can tell that that's probably a conversation that has been had before. Oh yeah. Um, I I think it would be completely unrealistic for that not to be. Oh, absolutely. Part of the conversation because America. Right. And so one of the things that if you've listened to this show or, you know, been alive watching the Internet, one of the things this show has gotten criticized for rightfully um, on many levels is it's ignoring, ignoring the the race race. problem. Yeah. uh, Issues in Gilead. Like all of a sudden babies became scarce and everybody just unracist themselves. Right. So in a way for me, it was good to see that this is a thing yes um in the way that they there's did also it. been many many more um you know third tier characters of color yes there have been it's much. been noticeable yes i don't think it was as i don't think the course correction was as much as people thought it was going to be because they got a lot of heat after season one mm-hmm. and they made a point unlike a lot of shows nowadays they made a point of saying we get it yep we hear what you said we're going to correct it and then I think the measure by which they think they corrected it in season two was not really to people's liking or up to snuff with yeah, what people thought they were going to get. At I least. feel like people thought they were going to get the cinematic equivalent of an apology. And what they got <laughs> is rather the cinematic equivalent of, you know, taking down the Confederate flag. Like, it was just like, and now we're going to move along with the way it should have always been. Maybe not quite. Right, but we're gonna we're gonna try. There were it was you will see us trying. It was subtle things, so you got mm-hmm. more characters of color, not necessarily in the forefront, even though we did. Right. Get well, we did start Matthew. seeing more of the existing characters of color. Yes. So in season two, we saw a lot more of Moira. We saw um, in interesting ways that we just right. didn't in season one, um, and we saw a lot more of Luke. Sure. And there was more focus on Hannah, her daughter of yeah. color. Yes. Um, so that was a very interesting thing. And I think a very important thing that if you, if there, if you're not plugged into the show and you don't mm-hmm. read a lot about it and don't care, then that was probably something that you were just like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Those or, people exist. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say for most people who are not minorities who watch the show and don't follow stories about this show, it probably like, this is not a noticeable problem on the show for them. Yeah. Um, so they discuss of Andy who I forgot to name, um, at the beginning, she was the handmaid that was giving birth and whose baby did not make it. Uh, and so they're trying to talk about what are they going to do with her? And she said they she won't be allowed to return to the family that she was with because they're afraid that the be same a reminder. thing will be, mm-hmm. well, be a reminder. And also they don't know whether she's not healthy enough to give birth. And I would think it's the, pretty clear when the baby's cord is wrapped around its neck. Right. Come on. Yeah. Um, and how it would be difficult to place her again because of the baby mm-hmm. and the birth. Although they did call it her failure. Yes, they did. Which and I did not. Uh, I heard it, but I didn't catch it to write it down. You're right. That is yeah, definitely placing the blame where they love to place the blame. Right. Uh, and so then Lydia starts in on this thing about June getting two babies and questioning, which is I think is very important, uh, questioning why God would give her two babies but deny someone like of Andy who she thinks is more worthy. And I think is no short of a big deal for Lydia to be saying out loud the words, I don't know why God would do this. Um, 
I think it sounds like a casual conversation, but that's still for a woman who spouts off all the things that she does. Yeah, and who, says the who things seems that she does. to be so unquestioning of God's decisions exactly. in this context. I thought that was a huge deal for her. I don't to think say. she would have said that in front of like a commander. No, no. This was just like she is. She's there in a safe space with other women of her stature. I think that's a safe place for her to make that kind of comment. I agree. But I just thought it was interesting that even even in that safe space that she said that. Um, and then that's when they start passing around the line and talking about June. Um, They're like, oh, we're doubting God now. Okay, right, let's right. break, it, break out, out the, the sherry. Line. So then we get another flashback. Okay, so Christmas with Lydia. So what we're to assume here is that they have Lydia and the, the mom, Noel, and the son have all struck up a friendship and are kind of this little family, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, to whatever extent, we don't know. But they are family enough that they are celebrating Christmas together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are opening gifts. Um, and you don't you don't know how much time has passed. Here. Correct. We don't know when the Everybody initial... was wearing coats in the first scene right. where they meet. But so you think it's you don't at know. least the same season, you guess. Um, so they get a present for Aunt Lydia, which Lydia was like, you didn't really need to get me anything because that's how Lydia is. Um, and I could not tell what in the hell it was when she first gave it to her. Cause Lydia yeah, was I couldn't like, tell either. I was like, what are we even talking about? But it's makeup. And so she was just basically kind of trying to give Lydia this nudge to get herself back out there into the dating scene. I thought it was, you know, although like I would be, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You guys don't know me. I don't wear a lot of makeup and I don't like to spend time on things like that but I really enjoy that other people do. Like, I think it's right. a cool, fun way to express mm-hmm. yourself. I just like, I'm not good at that. Um, <laughs> not your, it's not your deal. It's not my, it's not my strong suit. Um, but like, I thought it was a really thoughtful gift for somebody in, in that she wanted, like, she just wanted to see Lydia more happy and yeah. more, you know, not that Lydia is unhappy per se, but that she saw what was her perception of, something that could be better in Lydia's life and wanted to to do what little she could to encourage Lydia to spend more time on herself. And because it's clear in the conversation in this scene that Lydia has been doing that for her, trying yes. to get her to be better. Well, and she's apparently got a new job where right. she sells makeup because <laughs> she got an employee discount. There you go. Uh, so the mom discusses several things in this conversation as she's kind of putting makeup on Lydia. Um, she discusses dumping her dirtbag boyfriend and meeting a guy that works in IT. Go IT guys. Go team IT guys. That's me. Uh, so she does Lydia's makeup. And then. Oh, but the guy in IT. Oh, his name is Justin, right? I don't, I don't know what his name is, what but about? he's married. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, so. So Aunt Lydia at first is like, oh, yeah, you know, new guy that seems. <laughs> and he says he's going to dump his wife. Yeah. Right? And, and then she gets to. And he says he's going to leave his wife. And Lydia's. You just see her face. Her face like, drops. Aww. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Uh, and so I made this note here that Justin and Sarah's paths cross and that Lydia is oh, a teacher. Yeah, and we're talking right. about an uh, IT guy. Um, so. Where are the marketers, man? I don't know. Where are the digital marketers? Yeah. Where, where are the designers? Are we don't. Art the, school people. Where are you at? They're, they're scripting everything out for Gilead. Like, what do you say when you come to your walking <laughs> partner? Um, and so Noel says that she's trying because she can tell that Lydia is like, hey, married dude, really? Yeah. And she's like, I'm trying. I'm going to try. If I'm going to try, it's harder. So are you. And she says, you know, I've been trying to get better. And if I'm going to try, so are you. And so she keeps putting on her makeup. So we cut to the scene of Lydia at the bar. Now, I did not know if this was like 
right after like her and Noel Same. were going out and having yeah, like, girls I was like, night or is whatever. this like she just learned how to do her makeup and now she's out testing it in the world? <laughs> I'm I'm not really sure. Right. But Same we'll, season though. But yeah, so what we come to discover is this is New Year's Eve. So this is um, a week later. Yes. And so assuming it's the same year. <laughs> she is meeting up with the principal. Uh, which we're like, which is right. weird. That's it's a little I, weird. Let's put that out there. He's her boss. It, he is her boss. That's weird. But my thought is, if I'm in that position and I'm of that age, which I'm, they're they're older than I think I am. We're in our forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're clearly, I'm we're at not that in point. Our 40s. I am. Uh, yeah. Thanks. You. Are you still not? You're welcome. Jesus no. Christ. I'm 37. An old man. Um, that I am gonna be like, fuck it. I will do whatever the fuck I want. I don't really. Care. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but she seems very, like, rule-following. So that's but why this also it strikes me as, like, extra strange, like, that she's, one, at a club, two, yep. meeting her boss there, yep. three, for what is clearly a date night. Yes. Even if you say it's not a date night, if you agree to meet somebody at a club on New Year's Eve, hot tip, you're on a date. <laughs> there is expected kissing. Fun fact. I don't know if there's expected kissing, but you are definitely it, on Eventually, it's going to be midnight. And what do people do at midnight? If they kiss, if you want to kiss. That, I don't know I, that that's I would say the norm so. is that you do. Right. It is more unusual not to. If yeah. you're in a group of friends, that a group of platonic people, yeah. not weird. Yes. It's just you and your, you know, I'm not I'm not hanging out with Justin on New Year's no. Eve and only Justin. No. That would be weird. Right. Point taken. Um, so, I love this scene. It was kind of great. It was pretty fantastic. They were they were so awkwardly cute. They were, um, and I, you know, in such a kind of like minorly religious, reserved sort of way, it was adorable. Trying to put herself out there, yeah, which totally feeds into how all of this ends, right? Is that she is? I was like, is there going to be some awkward spaghetti sharing? <laughs> That's all kind of all we were missing. Um, so they have her and Jim are having this conversation. And he's talking about spending New Year's Eve alone and falling asleep alone. Because um, his, his wife has passed away. His wife away. has passed away. And I think later on, when they're at the apartment, he says it's been like three yeah, years. Yeah, two or I three think. years or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then we also find out that teaching is Lydia's second career, which I thought was interesting um, that she did family law. Yeah. And that you couldn't save as many Smart kids lady. as you wanted to when you were in family law. Um, also made a note that. And somebody please tell me, because I know I'm not the only crazy music person. I am 99.9% sure that in a, a very um, like acoustic, slow jam version of Extremes More Than Words was playing in the background at the restaurant. Um, like, You know what song I'm talking about? I don't know what song you're talking about. I'm counting on somebody in the audience Everybody knowing know. what you're talking about. More Than about Words. It's a very, it very famous, like cheesy late 80s early 90s right at the split before Kurt Cobain like blew all the uh -huh. hair metal up uh, it was like a very power ballad thing oh well that's why I don't know yeah yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a cheesy acoustic only guitar version of this playing in the background <laughs> which totally distracted me from the scene I was like why of course is that a thing um, but uh, we also learned that you know like I said Lydia worked in family law it's hard to save all the children that she wanted to um which better lady than I, because that is a thing that I could not do. Yeah, that's an intense job. I mean, honestly, teaching also. Yeah. Man, hats off to every teacher out there. Yes. Uh, Rough job, worthy teachers cause. Teachers are the best. Um, but yeah, family law also one of those professions where like it takes a special kind of person to really handle that. Yes, I agree. 
Um, so they drink her and Jim. Yeah, she seems very apprehensive about drinking alcohol. Does she? Yeah. You didn't notice that? Like, the waiter comes to, like, She seemed a little apprehensive about just everything in general at first. that's fair. Um, But, like, the waiter comes to, like, give them champagne or whatever. I assumed it was champagne just because it's New Year's Eve. Right. Um, And she declined at first. And then he goes, Lydia, it's a special occasion, and calls the waiter back. That's true. That is true. Um, yeah, it, it, this whole, which gave me a little like, why are you pushing alcohol on your date? But he seems okay. I, yeah, I didn't get that. That was my, that was my first reaction was why would you do that? If she says no, no, I did not get that, you know, creeper vibe from him. I didn't get a creeper vibe from him, but but that's like a creeper move. Sure. Sure. I get it. I think it was, I think it seemed to be more like for her to loosen up than it was for like him pushing. I agree, but that's not how you get somebody to loosen them up by making them do things they don't want to do. He's also been out of the game. Come on, audience, back me up. (laughs) I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying where Jim's head's at. I know. I'm just saying, I know, you know, single dude. Um, so here's my favorite part of the whole thing is karaoke time. Oh my God. Best thing ever. This is, this is my favorite. Aunt Lydia moment ever. Now, I will say that I felt very proud of myself because this is a terrible rendition of the song that oh, they do. Oh, it was. It was. Um, and I don't necessarily know that. I know of this song. I know the chorus to Islands uh-huh. of the Stream. Same. And when he started singing it, I was like, this is going to be Islands of the Stream, isn't it? I didn't um, know the name of the yeah. song even, but like I know, you know, the parts of the song yes. that you hear on karaoke right. nights and things. Uh, for those who don't know, this is a, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton do the original version. That sounds uh, right. Islands in yeah. the Stream. And it's your, it's a very typical mid to early 80s duet Oh, yeah. Ballad, 70s and 80s ballad. are full of these. Yeah. 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 It's, it was a smash There's, hit. There, man, there were a lot of duets. And so the principal is singing, and he wants Lydia to come up, and she was like, hey. Yeah, she was very strongly like, like, I do not Mm-mm. sing, dude. And it was this you scene was so good terrible because idea. I felt like from Ann Dowd, like that was real. Like I felt like that, if that, I would be not be surprised if like they were like, oh, that didn't really, wasn't supposed to happen. Because she like legitimately, fear in her eyes looked yeah. seriously real, like I don't sing. Yeah. Like, not just the character, she, but Anne Dowd, the person. She is known <laughs> as a pretty phenomenal actress, so right. I feel like that's I a mean, good response. Uh, it was awesome. I said best scene ever. I don't know if that's true. It was I'm great. It was perfect. really... It was just It was cool. so surprising and out of nowhere. I mean, it's, it's appropriate for the situation they're in. It didn't feel yes. like it was written in just to do it. Yeah, so somebody, but, um, yeah, it was just so surprising. Think of the situations we're used to experiencing Aunt Lydia in. I know it was just awesome to see because you, for whatever you feel She's, about how she ends up and what she does, like right. as a person, you feel for her in her situation, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, you're and like, the, oh god, don't make her sing. Right. But I really hope she gets up there and sings. And then, like you know, she gets into it after a few bars, and it's it's adorable. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and so somebody they're asked having me. A good time. Somebody asked me last week. There's also more like arm touching while yes. they're up there doing the duet. Yes, there's a definite. Like, yes, they're having which even moments. I, older married lady, knows like is a sign. <laughs> that is a sign. Very good. Yes. Very good. Extra touching. Um, somebody asked me last week, I think, on Facebook, like, how many times have I cried watching this show this oh, year? Oh man! And this season, there hasn't been too many. Really, yeah. It's okay, only this been, year, that's not as yeah. It's only been the crazy. scene where her, where Emily and reunites with her wife and her son man yeah and then this scene this one got me i also cried when emily just met her wife on the street to like go yeah 
Back to the House. For sure. Like I cried then too. Yeah. There were I I think there were a couple of other scenes yeah. too. No, this one got me. Karaoke with really Lydia totally. Oh, that's totally. adorable. Totally awesome. I loved it. Um, mostly because happy I love tears? Anda. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> like it was just awesome because you could see like she felt so good about herself and she was having such a good she, time. Yeah, she was like having such a good moment. But then, <laughs> uh, so uh, before they get done, they're after after karaoke time. Uh, it's slow dance time, and this is when it is. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this, this. Is when it is pretty clear that, as Tiana said, this is a date. Yep. And nobody's nobody's slow dancing with each other the way they are without it. Oh no, yeah. Knowing. You we don't are, you don't platonic slow dance like that. No. no. <laughs> Do you platonic? Sl- I guess. Eh. Mm. You platonic slow dance with kids. That's true. That's true. Um, but not like that. That nope, wasn't it. Not like this. Uh, so they got Different the New dance. Year's countdown, and they're like slow dancing through the countdown. That's how much they're into it, right? They're not even like, yeah, doing the celebration. Yeah. And then he kisses her on the cheek, and it's very chaste. Yes, and it's very sweet. And they just continue dancing as the scene closes. And my but la- my lap what? We know that's not where it ends. No, we, we don't because which was kind of a surprise. Because my last note uh, as that scene closes is, oh Jim. What did you do? Because I was fully prepared for Jim to be the problem, right? Because I watched this show. And so uh, I automatically was like, oh, Jim's going to fuck this up. And my other part was like, what in God's name could Jim do that is so terrible that makes her like totally crack like that? But I think that's simplifying the situation a little bit. Definitely. Uh, So next scene is. It's not always about the one man. Lydia and Jim back at Lydia's place. Um. And we learn more about Jim's wife, and she's been passed away for three or four years. Uh, and they have some additional drinks, a nightcap, if you will. Um, and then they start ki- kissing on the couch. Yep. And God bless Aunt Lydia. She goes for it. Yep. She was ready to go. Yeah, for, for all that she said about like not needing somebody in her life, she's... Pretty happy when there's a potential somebody there. <laughs> yes, she was, she was, and that was yeah, awesome. But to she see. had had a few. Because that, that is also like a thing that you don't often see portrayed in popular movies or TV shows is like the, and this is even beyond middle age. This is like people in their 50s, yeah, later yeah. in life. People, yeah, people in the second like, half of their lives. Romantic being, relationships. Yeah, being physically affectionate. Yes, it's a thing that you. Extraordinarily rare. Very rare. Yeah. And so it was cool but to see. They did pick like, very attractive second half of life people. Well, like this is not just anybody. This is still TV in America in 2019. I know. So you know, can't be any other. I'm just saying. Lydia's got great hair. She does. She was awesome. She hides it in this um, severe bun. Thing. So yeah, she totally goes for it, and Jim stops her. Which then, at that point, you're like, oh, this is why it's going to go bad. Uh, this is not. Now, I don't. I now disagree. This, now, th- now this is not. I'm not. So let me clear clarify. I'm not saying that this is why she like all of a sudden becomes terrible at Right. That's not what well, I'm saying not, at all. Yeah. Okay. That's not what I'm saying at all. There are several people who have interpreted that this way, and I, I, I feel like those on. are the people, people that are very that either late to the show or haven't been paying attention. Because that's clearly, like saying somebody committed suicide because they got dumped. Like that's yeah, never the thing. Exactly. It's never the thing. Um, and so Jim apologizes. He's very cool about it. He's very good about it. He's he, trying real hard. He, does, he doesn't make her feel terrible about it. And you yeah. can tell that like she's just the shame pile is just on her. Yeah. It's just weighing her down. Literally, basically, you can tell. So she kind of shoes Jim away and is like. He takes off pretty quick. He does. He takes the hint. I mean, respectfully, he but quick. He takes the hint. Um, and you can just tell that she is just ashamed of herself. Yeah. She doesn't even look at him. Even letting herself 
like for the whole thing, right? Right. For the very moment she put the makeup on. Probably. Yeah, I think it probably just, you know, reconfirmed her original conviction that she didn't need somebody or maybe that she is undeserving of somebody. Or that when she's maybe it's just that in those situations she feels this is not what I'm saying that she should feel, but she feels like she can't control herself or that she has gone over the line in the way she was handling things with Jim and like really, yeah, you know, going for it. If you're if you're in the mindset of a religious person, a conservative person like she is, mm-hmm. that what she did and the way they were like seemingly yeah, going I to, to have sex. This is like hard for me to imagine. Yeah. But, yeah. but just like that she feels bad that she even let it get that far, that uh-huh. she even tried to do that, that that is something so out of bounds with what she thinks is appropriate for a lady of her stature, age, whatever you mm-hmm. would think, um, that she just like shuts down essentially. Yeah, um, and I s- mean, clearly there's a lot more going on because of oh, her rea- yeah. immediate reaction after he leaves. Yeah. Yes, um, and so yeah, I definitely for the people that are out there thinking, oh, Jim dumped her, and that's why she all that, of a sudden is that's the aunt. never the thing. It's not the thing. No, it is clearly a collective of many things as life is. Um, but we do get Aunt Lydia, or not Aunt Lydia, see, I've automatically already I know, I, I keep calling it's her sad. Aunt Lydia too. And so we, she's in the bathroom, and she smashes the shit out of this mirror, just goes at it. Yeah, which is really interesting, because we never see Aunt Lydia lose control like that. Well, we have this season. Well, that's true. It's not, it's not her typical reaction no. to extreme disappointment. No. Which I think is also part of because like her life now in Gilead is like full of extreme disappointment. Yes, and full There's of a lot control of that happening because she's the one in control and she should be proper and in control and everything should be the way it should be. And I think that's the other part of her, right? Is that she allowed herself to loosen that control that mm-hmm. she seemingly had over herself by you know not worrying about being in a relationship and not letting herself yeah. do those things that she thinks are inappropriate. Yeah, and, and then it, she it's... let it go a little bit. And, yeah, and then really had a crazy, extreme personal backlash. It was very analogous to the situation with Janine in, what's their name, the commander? Uh, the Putnam's. Yeah, with Janine in the Putnam's house after, right. um, when, when all when the handmaids are there, Charlotte, yeah. weirdly. Yeah, yeah it, it was, you know, she did something really out of character for her. Right. And there was backlash. And so she internalized it incredibly deeply yes um and it had it had great repercussions for her personally caused her to do other things that were even more extreme than her typical kind of pretty harsh all the time character is yes and we've kind of seen this more so like i said this season but this pattern of if she feels like she's let up too much Mm -hmm. like when when the handmaids don't stone Janine at the end. Right. Of the, severe overreaction. It, severe overcorrection. And so that's kind of been her MO. But we see it to what some people will say is extreme reaction here, which is she turns on this mom of the single kid. And yeah. essentially redlines are his kind of the technical term is basically calling in the family services to say she's an unfit mother. Um, the interesting thing I thought about this conversation she was having with the social worker was that the social worker made a point of asking, do they go to church? Which led me to believe, are we kind of in this... I felt like that, definitely. That we're in this same period of time where, like, um, Hannah wound up in the hospital because she had a fever at school. And June kind of was feeling, like, way harsh at the hospital, rightly so. Right. Um, It definitely, to me, felt like that time period where, like... The rules are getting are constricting, right? Um, and they're Gilead's starting to kind expect of infiltrated yeah, itself society to become more um, "quote unquote" godly. Right. Um, uh, but did, did you notice in this scene, hmm. she looks like 
Aunt Lydia. Yes. She has her hair in the Aunt Lydia style. And at the end, she pulls that olive green sweater around herself. It was, I think, a very clear reference to yep. like those kind of like in her feels of righteousness. Yeah. And um, in this scene, the principal who she had the moment with um, and went out with comes up to her and is like clearly questioning mm-hmm. what it she's seems doing. Very soon after. Right. And very. he's also like she lists more than one thing to this social worker and all the things yeah. that she is listing are not things that people should have their children taken away from. Um, yeah, exactly. And they're, but they're also things that like a teacher wouldn't normally know. It's true. clear that this is information based true. on her personal relationship with that mother. True. Um, and so Jim is questioning her on, is this really what you want to do? Mm-hmm. And she, there's some comment made. I read somebody said it today about how she says, well, there's so many people with so much love to give about yeah. taking this child once away the, from it. Once the yeah, sir, child services person mentions like he'll be up for adoption and there right. are a lot of people really yeah. excited about that. Also lends credence to the idea that they are in this weird pre Gilead period True. because children are scarce or, right. you know, more babies are dying. People are having a hard time getting pregnant that that is like a known entity now yep. because so many people are eager to it up. Cause FYI, most of the time, like today, right here and now in reality, there are not a lot of people eager to adopt a brown kid who is already school aged. Right. Boy. Yeah. That's really unusual. It's Good hard point. to get brown kids who are not babies adopted. Yeah. Especially boys. That's uh, that is a perspective that I had not thought about in that situation. Um, so that's good. That's a good thing that I hadn't even, that didn't even register with me. Yeah. So now, uh, the mom shows up, which I thought was interesting. Oh yeah. That was so sad. Um, and is kind of giving, so this is like freshly happened. So normally like they don't, well, I can't say normally, I don't know how it works everywhere, but like they don't always, you don't always know who reported you. Right. Um, but it must've been so clear, you know? Who else would have so much, you know, information or involvement right. in their right. lives that there must they could have, have done it? So she shows up and clearly is just like losing it on. Well, she's been you know, in her eyes completely betrayed. Absolutely, absolutely. And she in my has. eyes, in everyone's eyes, right? <laughs> um, and clearly, I'm sure, no, I'm sure that I, I feel confident that there are viewers who feel like people like that. You're maybe, probably right. Maybe shouldn't have their children. The same people who you know look at somebody crossing the border and committing the uh, one of the lightest felonies that we have here in this country and saying, you know, those people deserve to have their children taken away. Just like if you set off fireworks in St. Louis on the 4th of July, you have committed the same level of felony as the people who have illegally crossed the border trying to get their children a better life. There's and, you know, more of the border. Maybe they deserve to have their pe- children taken away. Hmm. Then, Just learn that out there. We're going to let that sit there for well said. Now, after Mom Noel storms out, we cut. Jim walks away, clearly disgusted by what Lydia has done in yeah. the whole situation. Oh, man. I felt bad for him in that situation, too. He looked, like, kind of heartbroken over yeah. that situation. Yeah. Like, he had been betrayed a little. Sure. Because clearly this person that he thought he knew that right. night. Right. Yeah. You know. Well, and it, se- it seemed like they had, like, a long-standing oh, sure. connection, right. you know? Yeah. They've obviously worked together for however long. Um, but yeah, he clearly was not happy and she yeah. just kind of, like you That's said, sad. puts on Aunt Lydia face and, and she, she goes, justifies herself. You know, mm-hmm. there are so many people wanting yep. to adopt so many good homes. Awful, awful, awful. Um, so now we are back with the ants 
uh, now they're talking about June. And this is an interesting like assessment that she gives about June's situation overall since the time she's been in Gilead. She talks about how she's been in um, these questionable homes. She calls mm-hmm. out the Waterford specifically, which I thought was interesting about them being a you know questionable a bad influence, a bad influence yeah. which will be interesting to see if that is a shared sentiment anywhere else because yeah the, i i don't remember exactly do the other aunts have anything to say about that no I don't really remember. no this is more or less a lydia kind of monologue yeah, yeah, situation okay. because she says um talks about also you know the how she's currently in the lawrence's being inappropriate is what she calls yeah, it. Yeah, I was really surprised to hear that. I had been under the impression that most of Gilead thought that Commander Lawrence was like hot shit. Well, but if you recall, like when she drops Emily off last season, like yeah. she walks in and she's looking around like, None I, of I do this remember like that. This. But like, I feel like she's pretty gratuitous with her um, giving of excuses for commanders and their wives, sure. you know? Sure. Um, obviously, probably put a bad taste in her mouth when she was stabbed and beaten and kicked down the stairs in his house. Yes. But other than that, like I kind of thought that Gilead as, as an operation right. was fond of Commander Lawrence. And this kind of implies that like not everybody really is. No, I, I think Lydia has not really withheld her dislike for him. She's always kind of felt like he's getting she, away with a little too much. I think she, displays that a little bit in front of him, but I think that that's kind of like her MO anyway. Sure. You know, she kind of always <laughs> expresses this could be better. Right. <laughs> in uh, front of people. So the, this is kind of a great line. She says, sometimes it's the apple, sometimes it's the barrel. Yeah, that was a good line. Um, implying, like she knows June is a pain in the ass, but that June has also been in situations with other people who are a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, and she does say before the Waterfords, they never had a problem with which June. Which means she was somewhere else prior. Well, yeah, we knew that from first from season one, right. that she was somewhere else prior. Yeah, that's true. But um, apparently she was going along yeah. in se- b- prior to season one. But she's had two commanders in a row that didn't mm-hmm. operate on the uh, you mm-hmm. know, normal Gilead yeah. front. Also, I didn't know that it was a thing that they could like take a handmaid away for not obviously terrible circumstances. Uh, like, I mean, the Waterfords made it pretty publicly clear that yeah. they were like yeah. out there. But uh, Commander Lawrence, not so much. I feel like outwardly, he's still got his shit together. Sure. You know, his yeah. wife is but I guess maybe that's known their call. as being a bit off. But that's really it. Yeah. And that maybe that's their call to make. Maybe that's the power I mean, that the ants have is to say. That's a lot of power. I agree. I agree. And that's a very interesting. That's an interesting thought that I had not had about, you know, her having the power to take him away, even though on the surface things yeah, seem to be OK. He's there. Po- and he's very powerful. Yes. Clearly. Very powerful. Even though he does say we do know that there's. I feel more. like he could even rewrite the like Martha's or the aunt's responsibilities. Right. right? That, that's like, true. Could he just wipe that all away? I, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, and then she also makes this comment that of Matthew's baby must be protected, which implies that because they are walking partners that she fears that June is going to do something um, because she knows that June is not necessarily on the up and up by telling Lydia that yeah. of Matthew was having problems. That's with interesting. I didn't take it as like that. She was concerned that June would do something. I took it more as that she was concerned that of Matthew might be slowly slightly radicalized oh very interesting okay i could see that that makes sense which you know june was actually trying to do for some time before she gave up (laughs) very true and started just torturing her instead right okay so final scene here um 
we're at Loaves and Fishes, and we get this camera shot from the vantage point. I don't think we've seen this yet of the handmaids from the actual inside of the bonnet or whatever we're calling it. Oh yeah, yeah, which it's I had not seen. So you can see how they actually see things, oh, which is yeah. totally cut off on the left and right yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. So you can basically see literally right in front of you. So I thought that was an interesting shot, cinematically speaking. Yeah, they've definitely made clear uh, reference to their restricted field of right. view before in but this other is episodes. Really the but that's, yeah, I don't it. think we've seen it before. Uh, so Lydia is in Loaves and Fishes. She just kind of shows up as June and of Matthew are walking in. And she. I thought it odd that she showed up there to make this yeah, announcement. I, I have been under the impression that she really has no reason to have to go grocery shopping. Right. You know, um, yeah. I surely there is some Martha at the place where the aunts live that does that. Yeah. Um, Cause so, there's clearly no handmaids. Yeah. And so I didn't really understand the motivation for her needing to be there unless she, I just, don't think there was a motivation. I think she was there specifically for this purpose. <laughs> Just to just to do it publicly, or like, well, I don't understand. I guess why she couldn't have done it in a more private setting. I don't. I don't know. I just assumed that that was why she was there, but I, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, I just didn't know why that. That didn't seem like the official way because that it that seems conversation like a weird would happen. Situation for her to be in in the first place. I just right. assumed it was because that was why she was there. Yeah, I just thought it was weird that she just kind of pops out of the aisle and's like, "Hey, girls!" <laughs> and it's like, "What, Aunt Lydia? What the fuck?" You know? Yeah. Um, so, okay, this whole scene, the way this plays out is kind of awful. Uh, so Lydia's there. She says that she's going to move June to a new house because the Lawrences are, quote, too unorthodox. Um, of Matthew is very disturbed in general. Like, she's upset. You can tell. Yeah, she's still suffering the after effects of um, her yes. pu- her semi, semi-public shaming yeah. and um, witnessing a stillbirth while pregnant which has got to be incredibly Awful. difficult. Yes. Um, and having no support from any of the handmaids that yeah. would normally be I couldn't, I couldn't even it. read about those situations when I was pregnant. Yeah. Do you remember, this is something that other people don't know about, but do you remember, Justin, when I was pregnant and I told you that I'd started reading Revolutionary Road and you were like, oh. put that shit down. Oh, I said, no. Yeah, you were right like, don't, don't nope. do it. You just nope. need to put wait. Maybe you can go back to it in a year or two. You talk don't about read that it is... right now. And I was like, it'll be fine. No. no, it was not fine. I had to stop and I have never tried to read that book again. It is. Now, I have not even read the book. I saw the movie. I didn't see the movie. And like, I when I joke around about people looking for like movies that are like fun and uplifting, I'll be like, you ever seen Revolutionary Road? <laughs> Feel good hit of the summer. Yeah. Wow. It is. The most, some of the most depressing shit I've ever. It really is much like, like the Handmaid's Tale. Like after after that kind of story, again, not having seen the movie, um, I would say like afterward, you might want to go watch Boys Don't Cry for an uplifting story. <laughs> like, it's it's, it's bad. bad. It's, it's bad. really. It's I'm sure really it's bad. very well acted and incredibly written. I really, you know, was super into the book before I got to the parts that I really couldn't uh-huh. handle. Um, but yeah, it's. Some dark shit. I'm glad that I warned you. I am so glad. Because <laughs> I remember watching that. I Otherwise, I would have been trying to power through, uh-huh. and there's more. Mm. Oh, and yeah. it would have been real bad. Mm-mm. Yeah. So for those of you who have not seen Revolutionary Road and are thinking I should go watch that, mm. go to this is what I tell Just, everybody to do. Yeah. Go to IMDb. There's yep. a par- there's yep. a parental guidance. You, si- you need to read section. that before read it. Yes. It'll give you everything you need to know. And yes. if you still feel like that's a movie you want to watch, I will tell you it's brilliant. It's much like The Handmaid's Tale. It's great to look at. It is pretty. Everybody in it is awesome. It is a fantastic film. 
but it is one of those, we've had this conversation before, kind of like in a, and I use this one a lot, not to make light of the situation, but in like a Schindler's List kind of way, you're like, that was a great film. I Let's never, never want to see again. it again. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, I also you, have never seen Schindler's List. Wow. I know. That That's a thing. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that. It's a whole other show. Yep. Um, okay. So... Janine kind of comes and corrals of Matthew, right? Yeah. Oh, Which, man, Janine. If I'm thinking in my right I brain, Janine. I'm thinking Janine being the person who's in charge of the other person who's clearly losing it. Yeah. Janine is not the best. Now, Janine is a great comforter. She's clearly like, like she, she tries. Was, she was yep. upset that all the handmaids were bullying of Matthew because she's also had a baby and she's been pregnant. And so she's kind of got well, that and connection. she's been ostracized before. Correct. And so she's got knows all these feelings and yeah. you know all of it from the inside out. And so but she's also like a child still right Janine, now. So, right? you know, and so says stupid shit. She does. But she seemingly doesn't do anything in this situation. No, no, no. no. Um, so but Lydia, clearly not the person. Lydia is running this whole thing down. June is in shock because she's like, oh, shit, I'm losing another person that I think I can seemingly have this, you know, relationship. Right. To build she's, some strategy. she's losing the best situation she's had so far. Correct. Which is not to say a good situation. No, there is no good situation. Um, but as we're saying in the scene of Matthew is in the background in the canned goods section, very important, uh, kind of losing it, mm-hmm. like slowly cracking right before slowly your cracking. eyes. And mm-hmm. we, we don't know why, like other than what's been happening and mm-hmm. for the fact that we don't know how long it's been happening mm-hmm. and to what extent the handmaids and everybody's been ostracizing her mm-hmm. and that she's been, you know, got this new spotlight on the things yeah, that she was already feeling. there's seemingly no immediate trigger for her to suddenly no. go off. And so she just loses it. She smacks as Janine is right behind her, trying to trying comfort to, her. Yeah. Nails her in the head with a can. Like, yeah, hard. it was a big one too. Yeah, I don't know what was in that can, but it was huge. Not messing around. Uh, so Janine goes down like a ton of bricks, and then she just keeps beating her. Yeah, with the can. With the can. Yeah. Which I was oh, like, poor Janine. stop hurting Janine. I know, right? Janine has become this like like puppy figure where you just like want her to be protected, right? And she's not. And everybody on... Like, on, she is a very fragile soul. All the reactions online were like, can Janine just please not be the one getting the shit beat right? out of her just once? Just right? Once. Can Janine just catch a break? I could not agree more. Um, so then a guardian runs in to try and break this whole deal up. And of Matthew takes what looks like... A giant glass container of, I didn't know what was in it, like olives or something. Yeah. Smashes it over his head. Yeah. Just bam. Uh, so he goes down because those guys should travel in pairs because it only, only only sent one. Uh, so I, well, you see, I think at that point, even you see more of them in the background. Yeah, they're, they're in the background like coming right from there. the front. He was yeah, the only yeah. one, I guess, in the back of the store. Uh, so she goes for his gun. And then we're yep. like, oh. And he seems totally unprepared for this, by the way. Well, he's out cold. No, I mean like the her turning on him. Period. Oh he yeah, he just no. seems like like this was gonna be super easy, right? <laughs> and so he didn't bother no. protecting himself at no. all. He left himself wide open. He yeah, did not come in with like it, his gun pulled. I was just pulled. so surprised at that. Like he was no. clearly not a cop before this. No, because she rocked his world with that thing, knocked him out. Uh, so she goes for his gun, picks up his gun, um, and so then she we get this kind of first person point of view vantage point of hers as she's pointing the gun around at literally everyone. Yeah, and then you're staring down the barrel. Yes, and so you're looking... Or at, up the barrel, rather. Yeah. No, I guess down the barrel. Down when you're looking from her perspective, up yes. when you're on the other end. And she's got it pointed at June. Um, and June gets this look on her face, like, super evil June. And, like, does this... Uh, well, her- June had been kind of, like, 
maniacally smiling at this situation until this point, right. like when she saw her losing it, which I was really surprised at, given that it was Janine being beat up with canned goods. Right. I was like, whoa. So I think she's farther gone than I thought she was. Yes, I think if a lot she of can be maniacally enjoying Janine's beating somebody seemingly. that she ostensibly cares about being harmed so severely. So. We see June kind of make her, motions her eyes more or less over to Aunt Lydia, who is standing kind of in front and to the side of June. And then of Matthew points the gun at Lydia, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) And she actually pulls the trigger, but then as she is getting shot, just before she's getting shot, before she shoots. Yeah, she is in the process of pulling the trigger. So apparently this is a split second. Yes. (laughs) And she gets shot by one of the guardians from the front of the store, and she gets Shot by what is uh, has to be like some kind of more powerful gun than the gun she yeah, had. Yeah, it's definitely it was a rifle like a or some kind of assault rifle. Yeah, because uh, she goes flying up right. in the air. You know, she flips over. Yeah, yeah, she's shot in the shoulder. Yeah, shoulderish area. Um, and so they drag her out. Yeah, I think she's out cold at the point in which they are dragging her out. It kind of seemed to me. I don't Did know. That, look that right seemed to you? like the way that, regardless, she's of, awfully limp. She was awfully limp and. But she Give, is pregnant. Yes. Is something to keep in mind here. Yes. Like And given where she was shot, but how powerfully that shot I know, but was. She like flipped over and landed on the floor. Hard. I just don't know like, that you that, I don't know. She might not be dead. But if she got shot in anywhere in dead. the heart region that well, But has, it was not in the heart area. But it was like in this I don't know, man. I thought it was the other side. Oh, did you? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll have to look back on it. It'll be Somebody interesting to see. Us. I mean, she's also bleeding a lot for it not to be I don't know. It she may be alive. I don't know. I thought she was still alive, but out. There's no confirm. No way to, yeah, for we don't us really to know, know for sure. We're, we're assuming a lot of yes, things there's here. There's a lot of conjecture here. Um, but we do see Lydia kind of freak out. Like, she was, she say, like, no, God, no, or something like that. Um, and they put that in the trailer, like the teaser mm-hmm. trailer for mm-hmm. this. And I was, I was a little unclear about which is the thing that was, like, too much for Aunt Lydia. Was it that she almost died? Was it that her, her pet Janine was beaten so severely was it that the pregnant lady got shot that's what i thought i thought it was i mean it could have been any of these things right the, the reaction the way i saw it was that she was upset because this is a pregnant handmaid that got shot yeah that is the point at which you hear her freaking out yeah and so they close the scene in a very interesting way so they <laughs> zoom out of the scene straight down the middle aisle and then they automatically zoom back in and it is very like mafioso like shot set up. It looks very mm-hmm. Scorsese, right? Yes. So it's very. June at the front. And the music choice as well. Yeah. June at the front, Lydia behind her where she was standing, and then all these people kind of flanked. It's it's like if you went to film school and they said, This is how you like draw up a beautiful shot. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic. It's a beautiful shot. Um, so I need to know someone's feelings on this whole situation. What do you do think about this whole situation? There's a lot of layers this to this. The scene. Yeah. So um, I was both like enjoying the way it was shot, but also slightly distracted by the way it was shot. Yeah. Um, just because it's pretty different than what I've come to expect from this show, even with as many directors. Yeah. Um, this definitely was one where I was like actively thinking during the show, like, is this a director I haven't seen before, maybe? Or what's, I don't, I don't what's happening here? Because there were several shots throughout the show that were unusual. Yep. Um, but like leading up to this scene and in this scene, there were especially a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and it was just like a kind, it kind of, 
put you in a different place as a viewer, uh, both looking up and down the barrel of a gun, right. you know, seeing from within the, the wings portion mm-hmm. of their their headgear. Um, yeah, it was just different. Also, I thought that the uh, set design of Loaves and Fishes was a little different than it felt in the past. I feel is that like, just me? I feel like the set design for Loaves and Fishes is different. Almost every time we see it. Well, I I think like this season, I would agree that it's like clearly different than past seasons, sure. right? Yeah. But I just kind of attribute that to like time has passed; they've sure. made it nicer, right? You know, it's be. more of an ingrained thing now. It's, it's not something it's that bothers less me. like hand yeah. hand sketched signs <laughs> with no right. words, and more like this is an institutional yeah. thing, and all the grocery stores get these pre made picture signs, right? Um, so that I kind of attribute to time, but. If, Loaves and Fishes felt much more stylized in this episode to me. And maybe I just haven't been paying as much attention earlier in this season to the way that that felt. But it feels really different for the show. Mm -hmm. I agree. It was was... slick in a way that is very different than the way things feel in someone's home or in the Red Center. Yeah. Where, you know, things are clearly everything is being repurposed into its new maniacal life. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, and this was like an area that felt very like made for this moment. Agreed. So I found that a little distracting. Oh, huh, interesting. It was not necessarily distracting to me. Um, so there was uh, several layers of things in this scene and of kind of of Matthew's character that I think our people are going to have been reacting to. Um, so what has the reaction been like thus far? I think there's a lot of concern that your you have killed off a character of color that seemingly her only purpose was to end up getting shot well and to be a threat to others correct she was a looming threat this whole season yes and that she was the that that character is the character who chose to use the gun mm-hmm. and was which is unusual for this was shot by era. the Law enforcement officer, for yeah, better lack of a term, I, I definitely get that. Whose body was dragged across the, you know, floor, and not just the way that it. She was like manhandled out of there. Yes. Yeah. Um, definitely. And so there's a it's lot. Not of, like they carefully put her onto a gurney because no. she is a pregnant woman who is now losing blood. Right. And so I think for a lot of people that hit a little too close to home in the wrong way mm-hmm. for current. That makes a know, lot of sense. Race relations with you know, between police and, you mm-hmm. know, the treatment of people of color, mm-hmm. um, especially here in our hometown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would also add, like, having a woman of color freak out and act like, quote unquote, an animal is a thing that. Um, it's very tropey. That part. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 so accepted that people don't even notice it a lot of times now. Right. You know, they make angry black women caricatures. Yep. Um, and I, to a degree that like some black women are like overcompensating in the other direction. And that that is also a known quantity in the black community that like, you know, there are people who so overcompensate that they become a different kind of caricature. Yeah, so, and that was not something that I, that was something that I am cognizant of just from being in this city and mm-hmm. it's just a thing that I'm on top of mind. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was concerned about that when I watched the episode. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of interesting mm-hmm. to see people's reaction to mm-hmm. that because again, like you've had, um, forget the handmaid that 
was the suicide bomber. She was oh, also. Oh yeah, she, she was, was also yep, Brown. Yep, yep. Um, and I don't know if because they have established Moira as this as such a main woman character. of color, a strong mm-hmm. woman of color, and you know, positive character that they feel like they've given themselves enough cachet. To I think I think we're giving them a little too much credit in thinking about it. That might be the point. case. I really, I really do. I do not think people who have not lived that life um, think about this that much. I think there probably was some talk in the writers' room about like, do we look at like, do we make it look like we're killing this one uh, new to the new to the ensemble black character who was very interesting? You know, yeah. lover or hater, right. she was really interesting to watch right. and kind of kept us guessing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of characters, we feel like we really know and have expectations for what their motivations are. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely get that that reaction that people are expressing. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I didn't really feel that until she was dragged out. The dragging out felt really like, ooh, yeah. that's not what I would expect to happen right here. Um why is this only happening to her? We've seen other handmaids do crazy things or, you know, be seriously injured in other ways. And th- they were not dragged out like right. like a piece of meat. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's something I've seen have people have mm-hmm. conversations about. That makes sense. Just feeding in again to this idea that the show is still struggling with mm-hmm. the racial issue. Yeah. Um I, I seriously don't think that there was all as much thought as we like to imagine put into that. There might not have been. I, did, I, I kind of felt like there should be, given the fact that they didn't have to acknowledge that they felt it was an issue between seasons one and yeah, seasons two. that's true. And they went out of their way to say they did. Sure. Um, and so, to me, you are knowingly opening yourself up to... Yeah, expect- but if you're not, I mean, at what point do you hold back on story changes right because it involves a character that might imply something right you know i mean i i agree and i think they should be more cognizant but i also think like we don't know like are there going to be more important black characters we don't we don't know and that 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 too is fair that very often these kind of judgments gets made midstream and we yeah, are literally I, I just like, now past the midway point of the season. Yeah. I feel like this is a, this is a conversation that I feel unprepared to pass judgment on their handling of until the se- season or series is over. Right. And you can look at like the whole the thing in aggregate. Cause I think that is what really speaks and lives on as some productions legacy, right? It's, sure. it's the whole picture. And like, did you see character development, over time, did you see more people of color in more prominent or really meaty, interesting roles right. over time? Um, did it get better or worse at large yeah. rather than like a particular mid season event? Right. Or That's true. late season event, so, as it may be. Yeah. I, I think that'll be interesting to see, you know, how that ends up being and yeah. where they go with it. But I just thought that was an interesting you know, layer added mm-hmm. on to mm-hmm. all of the other layers of the yeah. show. So uh, I do, I do really appreciate the complexity of that character and I will be really sad if she is dead, mostly yeah. because I feel like this is such an interesting, um, this season has been kind of full of more interesting ways of looking at the mental health effects of Gilead. 
Yes. Um, we're seeing more variety in the way that people are dealing with their stations where like last season uh, toward the end, like I feel like most people would have said that they felt like most handmaids felt a certain way. And we're clearly seeing a, a much larger variety of reaction. Yeah. We're seeing a much larger variety of reaction in the wives, yeah. in the commanders. I mean, just everywhere we're seeing more of humanity. Um, and I think that's really, really interesting about yeah. this season and of that character yeah, in so particular. It, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here because this is kind of – I think people have been kind of waiting for a, a episode like this or at least an event like this where something yeah, has – Yeah, a sudden, a sudden big, event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that you can't come back from, right? Like yeah. this is a definitive something that's happened. So it'll be interesting to see where it builds from here because, you yeah, know, at true. the end of this, like what's going on with Janine? We have no idea. I know. Like Janine is kind of the forgotten part of this, right? That Janine is. So I, I wrote this down just because usually I don't have a ton of She's questions. She's such a fan favorite. I feel she, like oh, surely there's a lot of theories about love this. Her. Uh, so I was like, what happens to June? Because Lydia came in saying, we're moving you. Mm-hmm. Um, and was kind of concerned about of Matthew's baby, which she should still be because we don't know what her situation right. is. She's probably more concerned. Um, there is a conversation about some. And I don't I didn't mention this in my notes, but I, I put it as a question that. Somewhere along the way, someone, I don't know if it's him, says something about there being more powerful commanders than Mr. Lawrence. And I think it's Aunt Lydia, but I'm not right. sure. And I think it's in this scene, but I'm not, I just can't remember. Um, so who are those people? Like, who are the mm-hmm. super higher do we, ups? Do we that, get to meet those people? Do we, yeah, do we get to see those? And uh, how far bad is June going to break now that she's getting into this other situation she doesn't yeah. have any control over? Yeah. Um, and then is Janine okay? I guess what? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I feel like especially since it kind of looks bad for of Matthew, I even more want to see, like, does it look, yeah. look bad for Janine, too? Like, how many people are we le- le- losing in this scene or episode? Um, there's a lot, potentially. Yeah, there's a lot. So we'll see what the and what happens to the are. handmaid who had the stillborn baby? Right. I want to know what happens to her. I guess I'm sure we'll have to find out. I don't know. You never know. Yeah, I, I, I don't venture a guess with this show. I try not to figure yeah, out where they're true. going. Yeah, that's true. Because I'm never true. right. So, all right. Well, uh, anything else? Any other parting words? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Just interesting, interesting episode for sure. For sure. All around. Yeah, there's a I lot. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah. In this still, episode. Lots of questions. Yeah, and still. Yeah. That's the name of the game with this show. Yeah. So, uh, well, we'll see what they build off of from this, and it'll be interesting to see where it all goes. I've never, and I'm not this guy, you know, I'm not a spoilers guy. I've never wanted to like watch the end of a show episode of, of a season more than I want to watch the end of this season. Really? Because I am like, just there are several things that there's rumors about that are maybe going to happen, or at least mm. that they're kind of hinting at going in that direction. See, you're really encouraging I, me never to read the rumors. Yeah, yeah, I try not to, but I, you know, I don't. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, let us know what you guys thought of it. Find us on Facebooks and uh, hit us up and let us know the reactions. There have been lots of feelings already. So keep your feelings coming. Let's There's lots it. of feels. I love this, it. This show's all about the feels. It is all about the feels. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here until next week when uh, maybe all three of us will be here to talk about the show together. What? Crazy. <laughs>